Podcast by the Silver Screen and Roll Network. I'm one of your hosts, Jacob, joined as always by Hani. We're coming to you right after the Lakers cap off their road trip with a bang, with a win against the Pistons on Sunday afternoon. They didn't make it easy. They they never seemed to do, uh, but Austin Reeves seals this one with a big three-pointer late. 30 points from each of LeBron in AD. A lot to talk about uh, with this game. So, Hani, you can lead it off whichever direction you want to talk with. What was just kind of your takeaway from that game? Uh, my main takeaway right now is let's trade the house for Boyan Bogdanovich. Correct. Uh, I, I am Boyan pilled. I'm ready, ready, ready to go all in, all in on, on him. Uh, I'm sure that he will always have 38 point games. And it's not because he was playing against the Lakers. And that's just. A way of life. Um, anyway, other than that, uh, I don't know. There's, there's, a, I think, a couple of different stories uh, for this game. One of them is AD kind of continuing the the play that that he's had over the last couple of weeks, uh, almost doing it very quietly this game. It kind of felt like all the focus was on LeBron having one of his better games, uh, uh, you know, in recent times. But uh, you know, AD again, when you look at his stat line at the end of the game, he's at uh, what, 34 points, 15 rebounds, seven assists, a couple of steals to go with that, shot the ball well, uh, got to the line, all of that, uh, had another great, great game. Um, we've kind of just become a little used to that at this point. And this game in particular, it kind of felt like he was getting his buckets uh, almost in a, more of like a like a just getting dirty buckets kind of way instead of just having sets run for him or whatever. Uh, he was double teamed a lot. I thought that was a big story in this game was how he handled those double teams. Um, and I know you mentioned that as well on, on Twitter. I saw that, but uh, both in terms of passing out of double teams and sometimes just kind of going through or around them. He had a couple of plays where uh, he got an and one, I think on two, two different plays where he uh, spun into the double team. One of them, he just went through Kevin Knox and the other one, he, uh, kind of dribbled past, uh, I think, Jalen Dern and had a just weird, nasty, like, reverse layup around him. Um, and then, yeah, his, his passing, again, like I said, he has seven assists tonight, not something that we're used to seeing from AD, but I thought it was really good. Um, so that's probably the biggest storyline. Um, and then on top of that, again, like, LeBron had a, had a really good game. Uh, I think offensively is what stuck out, but especially in the first half, I thought his, his defensive output was really really awesome to see he seemed super energized and spry and he was like hopping into his defensive stands he's doubling guys uh he was helping Dennis Schroeder press like 94 feet um it, it was really cool to, to kind of watch him have one of those type of perform- performances for the first time in a while energized spry w- was what I would describe LeBron as really for the whole night which is uh surprising considering it was the last game of a six game road trip we're going to recap the uh, road trip as a whole here in a bit, but <laughs> we'll start with AD more kind of in depth because it was a very quiet 34, 15 and seven. I, I, I thought it was just me kind of overlooking things at the end of the game when he was shooting the free throws and 
Billy Mack said that it was for his 33rd, 34th points. And I thought, oh, wow, I did not realize that he had that big of a game. I don't know if it was because he did it seemingly so quietly, 12 of 18 shooting, 10 of 12 at the line, or if it was because he were used to this in some capacity. I hope we never get used to AD having these types of games, but uh, as well, as, like you said, his ability to handle double teams has been, it's dramatically increased to where it was a season or two ago. Um, I mean, I specifically remember games in which uh, when LeBron was out, teams were doubling AD and he was not handling it well. And he has tonight was maybe one of the best games he's had in that those types of situations where he was just kind of absorbing the double, knowing where his teammates were going to be and finding those guys. Part of it's on teammates to cut, which they did. Um, and that, that seems to be ever improving, but overall, if he can quietly have 34, 15 and seven, I'll take it. Um, it, it's a, it's a testament to how well he's playing, uh, beginning and throughout this road or before and throughout this road trip, I should say, uh, that he is playing at this type of level. And if he would have had this type of game at the beginning of the season, I think we all would have been losing our minds, but this is honestly one of his more ho-hum games in the last, um, I don't know, month or so at this point. So it's incredible to see what he's doing, uh, what he's continuing to doing, the level he's playing at. Um, just incredible stuff from him. Defensively, he's doing it on that side as well and continuing to be that anchor for this team. You could see in in the games that he hasn't played um, at times during this road trip how bad the Lakers are defensively, which should be the biggest case for him as defensive player of the year. But there's a number of ways he he's showing his value this season, and it's awesome to see AD back at this level. Yeah, and I think it's really cool to see uh, the improvements, especially for a guy that I think has been criticized a lot over the last couple of years of his form kind of dropping since the title year and not playing. You know, I mean, it's crazy because he was still incredible the last two years when he was on the court, but it just seemed like a like a different level than than he's capable of. Uh, being able to kind of see him improve in terms of how he handles double teams in that time. Uh, he's playing center more than he ever has, and he's doing it much better than he did last year, I would say. Um, the the different ways that he's he's getting the ball, uh, where he's getting the ball, how he's scoring, like all of those improvements as a whatever he is, 28, 29-year-old, um, that's, that's pretty cool to see. Like this is a guy that has, for the most part, already done everything there is to do in basketball. He might not have like the major individual awards, but uh, he's won a title. He's been an all-star however many years, all-NBA however many years. He's a, a top 75 player all time. Um, seeing him kind of improve and still sort of have that chip on his shoulder and really take over this team and completely become the best player. Um, you know, I, I think that is a, a testament to his hard work, and it's really cool to witness that. I think this is one of the first stretches I can remember where this – Specifically during this road trip, I don't know if it's going to be a long-term thing, but there were times where I've, I've felt like this is AD's team, not LeBron's team. And I don't know when both of them have been healthy. I don't know that I've had that thought before. 
because, I mean, it's LeBron's been incredible, but AD hasn't kind of, both in terms of just how he's playing and just the leadership he's he's showing vocally and whatnot, he, I, I hadn't kind of considered this ever really AD's team until the start of this road trip, really. And it's nice to see him kind of take that torch. Hopefully it's one that he's going to hold on to for quite a while, but LeBron ain't giving it away because he, uh, he on Sunday as well had one hell of a game. As you said, one of his best games of the season. He's had a couple of big ones here of late, but 35 points, five rebounds, five assists, 14 of 24 shooting five of five at the line. Does it feel like he's kind of starting to, to round into form as well? Like I said, I think the most important thing isn't necessarily uh, the scoring and shooting, although that's important because he, he struggled a lot, especially early in the year, uh, shooting the ball. Um, and I do think it's important that he gets into that. But I think you can tell that he feels a lot better just because of the d- defensive effort that he was putting in today. Uh, not to say that, like, LeBron at this stage of his career is always going to have some possessions where he either takes it off or loses focus or whatever and, and gets burnt defensively. He's just not that guy anymore that, that he can play, uh, you know, 35 minutes of just perfect defense and still be your point guard and finisher on the other end. Um, but seeing him in spurts kind of, kind of show what he's capable of defensively and like, it's kind of funny that he always does this against like the young teams with the with the up next guys, where he kind of just wants to show that it's still his league or whatever. Um, he has something to prove against Isaiah Stewart. Yeah, exactly. I love that Spectrum showed that as well. They're like, "Hey, remember when Isaiah Stewart was bleeding from the head and charging everybody? That was a fun time." <laughs> and then, and then the next package was just like, "Oh, here's the Lakers and Pistons in the finals in like the '80s." <laughs> Terrible settings. If it, if <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I think we'll have to see this kind of continue for LeBron before we say anything, but it does feel like he's healthier than he's been most of the season. And it feels like he's playing uh, a lot better than he has. I love that stretch. And I think the second quarter where AD wasn't on the floor and it was LeBron and Russ kind of handling things. And they basically, Russ was the, the point guard. LeBron just was not touching the ball and he was playing as a finisher and they were like, I think three straight possessions where Russ assisted LeBron as an off-ball guy. Uh, he had like uh, one in transition where he got a dunk, where one where he cut back door on a guy fronting him and got a layup or a dunk. Um, and then I think he had a jumper on another one. Uh, I, I love kind of seeing the, the evolution of LeBron in that sense. And I think, you know, if Russ is going to be staying on this team, that's something that the Lakers should definitely like kind of hone in on because it's something that plays to both of their strengths in my opinion. His willingness to be a, a screener as well has been yeah. another aspect of that. I, I noticed that seems to be the way that him and Russ have kind of figured out how they both can excel on the court together. And Russ had some incredible passes. We'll talk about him in a bit. But he's kind of embraced the cutter, off-ball, ball screen and roll type of guy, which he did at times last year as well. But he's that felt like more out of necessity like that's our only option you have to do that there are other options now and he's still doing it which is encouraging since that game in san antonio where he scored 39 uh so it's a the last eight games for lebron he's averaging 28 points 
on 48% shooting from the field, 41% shooting from three with 8.4 rebounds and 5.8 assists. So that feels a lot more like the LeBron that we, uh, we have seen. Uh, may, it, it feels weird to say the LeBron that we expect at year in year 20, but I mean, this is the LeBron that we've seen throughout his time in LA. If you have, LeBron and AD playing at this level. I mean, we've seen through this road trip, you're going to be able to compete with just about anybody. Uh, And it's been great to see both of them get to this level during the road trip because there were some big, big uh, challenges. The the Bucks game, um, the Sixers game was a wonky one, but I mean, uh, they still competed in that one. How optimistic do you feel about this team and we'll talk kind of more big picture, but with LeBron and AD playing like this, you have to feel pretty good about where this team's going at least. Yeah. I think there were a lot of question marks when AD was putting up those big performances when LeBron wasn't playing. Um, and the questions being, you know, would he still be able to, to perform the same way when LeBron is back on the floor and he's dominating the ball? Are they going to be able to play with each other? Um, how are they going to handle that situation? And so far, they've been clicking perfectly fine. Uh, AD has still been able to to put up big numbers, uh, really be, uh, I would say, the head of the snake for the Lakers. But LeBron has been able to kind of fit in uh, fairly seamlessly as, as you know the the ball handler and, and a guy who uh, you know is, I would say, even turning into more of a scorer and less of a uh, like an assist guy uh, on this Lakers team. And I think those numbers kind of prove it as well. Uh, they have other guys that can handle the ball, especially with Russ. So he, he's kind of been the the shooter and, and spacing the floor a lot more. And the fact that his three-point shooting is kind of coming back uh, is obviously a promising sign for that. So I do think there are some really, really good signs for the Lakers. Um, I think expectations should be tempered because a lot of these recent wins over the last like month or so where, where they've really kind of come storming back and are close to making it back to a 500 team, a lot of those wins have obviously come against not great competition. You know, there's like three wins against the Spurs in there, uh, one or two against the Pistons, etc. Um, so I, I hesitate to say that the Lakers are, are back. But um, like you said, I think when LeBron and AD are playing as well as they are, um, and I think with the added bonus of AD really taking over as, as the head guy and, and kind of taking that responsibility and playing as well as he is, they're, they're obviously going to be able to compete with anybody. It's just a matter of are the other guys going to be able to to give them enough defensively and a little bit of shooting, um, et cetera, to, to really get, uh, put those wins together. I think in terms of competing for uh, a title or even a, a deep playoff run, I, I don't think they have enough uh, you know quality players yet. I think a trade still needs to happen, possibly multiple trades for, for that to happen. Um, and obviously we've talked about this a lot of times and there's a lot of different viewpoints of, of whether you know the Lakers should uh you know let these guys kind of uh, uh play like they are without getting them the additional help or not um but that's a you know I think a different topic but uh it's definitely promising uh you know in terms of how they're playing and I, I feel a lot more uh, compelled to to think that the Lakers could win any game when, when I'm watching them. Uh, I enjoy watching them a whole lot more than I did uh, at the beginning of the season. But yeah, I, I'm not uh, to the point where I'm like, yeah, we can we can win a, a playoff series against the, the elite teams in the in the league. Yeah, you're still relying a lot on LeBron and AD, which is yeah. my main concern right now. 
the hope would be that you make a trade where you're not relying on them as much. I was just kind of messing with the numbers while you were talking, and in that same span I mentioned the since that Spurs game, which actually I don't even think AD played in the the second one. Um, <laughs> with AD on the court, the Lakers have a net rating of plus ten in two hundred twenty three minutes. With AD off the court, the Lakers have a net rating of minus seven point nine in 214 minutes they are almost 18 points worse per 100 possessions with AD off the court right now I mean he's playing at a a crazy level but it also shows you how much they're kind of relying on those two to really carry them right now a couple other uh, guys to talk about from Sunday's game Austin Reeves we mentioned him not necessarily his statistically his best game on uh sunday but a couple timely threes hit one to close the first half and then the biggest shot of the night bailing out a really awful offensive possession at the end of the game with a a wild three-pointer off balance falling backwards and just swishes it is austin reeves just a regen of alex caruso at this point Uh, he's, he's Alex Caruso, Matt Ryan morphed into one. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, Austin is, is kind of turning into this guy where you might not notice a whole lot of, of what he does, or he might even have, like you said, not a great game. And then he'll run off some plays where you're like, yeah, this is why this kid is closing out basically every single game now. Um, you know, regardless of whether he's starting or not, he's, uh, Probably the like the third most trusted player that Darvin Ham has right now after LeBron and AD. And I think, once again, testament to his work, he's improved a ton from year one to year two. Uh, looks like such a more confident player. Uh, that three-pointer was absolutely absurd. Yeah. I That was crazy. That's one of the craziest shots I've ever seen, uh, especially for Boston. He's he's not typically a guy that's going to take, take shots like that. He's going to take open shots, but... A contested three falling backwards even showed a little bit of emotion by whispering, let's go uh, after <laughs> after the shot. Um, yeah, it's, it's really fun seeing his growth and uh, and how important he is to this team. Like I said, like maybe it's not a good sign for the Lakers if Austin Reeves is arguably your third best player, but as a fan, it's kind of fun to watch him be the third best player. Yeah, there's it's kind of a – I tweeted this at some point in the last few weeks that – it was just a question, open-end question. Austin Reeves is the Lakers' what best player? It's kind of a sliding scale between like third and fifth. I think him, Russ, and Lonnie Walker kind of yeah. slide around and move around within that that grouping. But Austin Reeves is a, a good NBA player, and he deserves all the minutes. <laughs> he certainly deserved to close the game on Sunday. Uh, as much as he was playing well, there were other guys who were not playing well. Uh, so I was happy to see him close the game, and then especially when he made the shot late. I mean, on that point, the guy he probably was taking minutes from, Russell Westbrook, who started off the game really well. I didn't think he had a great third quarter and then did not play any fourth quarter minutes. What did you think? Uh, I mean, he finished with a team worst minus 12. He was one of only a couple guys even in the minuses. What did you think of him on Sunday? 
Yeah, it was uh, it's kind of disappointing because I like you said I thought he had a great first half, uh, and I think his his numbers at the end of the first half he had eight assists and uh, zero turnovers, and I think he had like six points or something like that. And then in the third quarter, one assist, four turnovers. Uh, it was like a completely different player. Um, I saw I think it was you and some other people mentioning this, but he is the type of guy that you know he makes one mistake and then. He'll try to fix it. It'll make a second mistake, uh, much like me in my daily life. Uh, so, so I, so I relate to him. But it is kind of frustrating to watch on a on a basketball team. Um, I think you know it, it's a little bit more easy to uh, take take all of that because he's played relatively well this season off the bench. You know, um, he's kind of accepted that role, and I think we can sort of accept some of the. Some of the bad with, with the good this season, much more than we could last year. Um, but it, it kind of goes to show you that, like, as great as Russ has been off the bench and it's a great story and all of that, uh, it's hard to think that you can really rely on him or trust him in a playoff series. Um, first of all, like, I, I am always kind of weary of, like, the six-man guys that are kind of gunners off the bench. And not that he's really a gunner right now he's more of a more of a playmaker but he has tendencies to play like that and i think those guys kind of just wilt away in the playoffs usually because they get schemed um but also he's he's just a guy that is going to make a lot of mistakes and when he makes mistakes he's going to keep doing it his i don't know if it's his confidence drops or if his confidence gets too high i'm not sure which one it is um <laughs> but it yeah it's just a, i don't know it, it's hard to it's hard to see a, a contending team with with Russell Westbrook um even in this sort of role where he's honestly he's, he's performed as well as you would expect as you could expect uh considering how how he played last year but I just I, I don't I don't really see it as a, a sustainable thing in, in more high high pressure settings yeah Russ would be a perfectly adequate like mid-level exception player eh, maybe a little bit less but he's the highest paid player on the team. So like he, he's not actively hurting the Lakers like he was last season. Uh, he's able to put together good stretches, good quarters, good halves, even good games at times. But he's like you said, he's not someone I don't know that you can really rely on. We have a growing list of evidence of that. You, he can be schemed out of playoff games. The Lakers did it. And won against the Rockets by just ignoring him for the better part of two games. So I don't even know that you could get away with it in the playoffs. But still, for now, he he's fine. The sequence that that made me tweet about him compounding mistakes was Lakers are up seven with a minute to go in the third quarter. Gets a rebound, tries to push in transition, throws a one-handed pass that's uh, knocked away. Turnover. Alec Burks hits a three uh, to cut it to a four-point game. He comes down, and I didn't even necessarily realize it at the time. He tried a two-for-one shot, I guess, with 32 (laughs) seconds left. That was a pull-up three-pointer contested that missed. And then uh, the Pistons go down. And get three free throws because all Patrick Beverly wanted to do in the third quarter was let Bojan Bogdanovic score. Close on that. How much would you be willing to give up Bojan Bogdanovic or for Bojan Bogdanovic 
in a trade right now? Uh, every single draft pick. <laughs> <laughs> Almost every single player as well. He, uh, We have talked a lot about Patrick Beverly and uh, what he claims to do during games. <laughs> I earnestly don't know how you could trash talk someone who is torching you. Bogdanovich had 25 points in the third quarter, five of six from three, and he was fouled on three-pointers twice, both by Patrick Beverly. Just, and Patrick Beverly never stopped talking to him at any point during that quarter, during the rest of the game. Pat Bev also did not close this game, which is probably related. Um, I thought I actually thought Schroeder did a pretty good job in the fourth quarter of staying attached to Bogdanovich and defending him, but oh, just yeah. Uh, I think the, the only thing that would have made that better is after the final whistle, if Patrick Beverly would have jumped onto the score stand to celebrate. <laughs> I had that thought during the third quarter. I was like, surely he had to be better than this in Minnesota, <laughs> because otherwise, him jumping on the scores table was absolutely outrageous. Like, could you imagine? <laughs> This Patrick Beverly, after we won a playing game, jumping on the Staples Center scoreboard and or scores table and celebrating because it would be the most outrageous thing ever. I would I would want an edit comparing that to Kobe doing good after Game Seven of the Finals. Exactly, just a, a TikTok transitioning from one to the other. Perfectly, there we go. We have your content for you. So. I mean, I would give up a lot for Bojan Bogdanovic, but I would want him to be defended by Patrick Beverly every game, so it'd be a little <laughs> to work that out. I don't know that he's going to go red-hot nuclear as he did on Sunday. He is one of the names that has been linked to the Lakers. There's been a lot of them. We're not going to talk trade rumors today because we're going to spend the second half of the podcast kind of uh, recapping this road trip as a whole, where the Lakers stand after it. Give our thoughts on how this um, six-game road trip went here in just a minute. So ultimately, the Lakers come out of their six-game road trip three and three, um, and it it feels like it could have been more because two of those losses came effectively without AD. He only played eight minutes in that Cavs game. One of them came without LeBron and AD, and then the other loss is that weird Sixers game. That they kind of won and kind of lost and everything in between. At the end of the day, they are 11 and 15. Uh, those wins, obviously, uh, the three wins, Bucks, Wizards, and Pistons, and then Cavs, Raptors, Sixers, the losses. What's just kind of your takeaways from uh, this road trip? Um, I think that we mostly learned, uh, you know, what we kind of talked about earlier is that the Lakers can compete with pretty much anyone um, with this version of AD and this improved version of LeBron. Um, I don't think it's taught us a whole lot about, or, or really, we, I don't think we've learned anything new about what they're lacking. Um, we we kind of already know that, you know, they're, uh, the three-point shooting isn't great. Uh, the wing side, you know, the the bit big wings, uh, the lack of those, um, especially defensively, not great. Uh, so we kind of know what, what they need, uh, whether they can get it or not, who knows. But, um, yeah, I think that the main lesson has been that that they're just a competitive team. 
Um, that Bucks win, I think, is uh, obviously the statement win of the season. They beat, you know, arguably the title favorites on the road in a game where Giannis was going off as well, and, and AD played him, you know, ju- just as well, if not better than than Giannis, uh, the guy that's, you know, kind of taking the mantle as the best player in the league. Um, and I think that's that's an impressive showing and a confidence boosting thing, uh, conf- confidence boosting win for the Lakers. Um, I thought the Wizards game, you know, it's the Wizards, maybe not an impressive win, uh, uh, as people would say, uh, but it felt kind of impressive to me because I expected them to have sort of a, a letdown game after that Bucks game, just something like an emotional playoff atmosphere game and then going and playing the Wizards. After that, I, I really thought that they were going to lose that and they didn't. And I thought that was pretty impressive. Um it feels a little disappointing that they weren't better than three and three, even though again this is a below five hundred team. So going five hundred on a on a road trip is is an improvement, but uh, it feels a little bit disappointing just because I I think that Cavs game was winnable if AD wasn't sick, which is just you know unfortunate. And that Sixers game, they probably had no business winning that, but they easily could have if AD makes a free throw, which is, again, that's a shame because he has been incredible. He was incredible that game. He had like 20-something points in the fourth quarter of that game, basically willed them back. And it's just a shame that he missed a free throw and, and they ran out of gas in the fourth quarter or in, in overtime. Um, so it definitely felt like they could have, you know, won four or five games in that road trip, which says a lot about where we are with this team uh, compared to where they were earlier in the season, that it feels disappointing that they would go three and three. Um which again is is sort of a promising sign for for what they're capable of as long as they make you know a, a few moves. Um, I, I think that's probably my main takeaway is that, that this is a team that, uh, in, in the words of our good friend Raj, there is a good team in there. Uh, they they just need some ancillary you know like additions, some moves around the margins, possibly a big move with Russ. Who knows? I I don't exactly know what the right trade is, but. With the right trade, I think this is a team that could vault into a, a much higher status. Yeah, I mean, I I think we learned just how good this team can be. We learned that there is a ceiling there which with which they're competing with the best teams in the league. Uh, obviously, whether they could do that in a playoff series is, is kind of a, a different task, but on a night-to-night basis during the regular season – they can beat anybody. And I think that's one of the biggest things we learned during this road trip. Cause it did not feel like that for most of last season. LeBron flat out said, I thought it was interesting that bucks game and, and the win that they had looking back to last season, when he flat out said after the bucks game, we can't get to where they are. Like we cannot be as good as them. And to come back this season and beat them on the road, I thought, said a lot about where this roster is, where this team is. It also is clear that this team and roster is a couple pieces away from being a consistent contender. I think they, they badly need a wing and I don't know that you can, it's not something that's going to be easy to find on the trade market. They haven't been linked to a ton of just kind of three and D wings um, you need somebody that you can put on Bogdan Bogdanovich or Bojan Bogdanovich, excuse me, and on a night like tonight during the third quarter and just have him defend him and chase him around screens. And 
they don't really have that. They were putting Pat Bev on him, Austin Reeves on him, Dennis Schroeder on him. All those guys are, are smaller than him, and he was just shooting over them on most occasions. So I think they need someone like that. They need to aggregate some of their guards into either one, just one guard or a different a wing, like I was saying. Kendrick Nunn and, and Pat Bev has been kind of the latest rumor because of what those two, when you add their contracts together, you can get pretty decent sized contract back in return. So this week is going to be when that December 15th date comes up. We'll see how quickly the Lakers might move to make a trade. Um, some reports through last week suggested that they would make one trade now and then kind of reassess and see if they want to make another trade with Russ. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they do. I, I guess the, you were, you kind of hinted at this. Do you feel more optimistic about this team then after this road trip? Uh, yes, I think there's a ceiling to my optimism, but I do feel like it is a, a better team. And, and I will say this too. I think early on this season when they were losing as many games as they were, I was still pretty encouraged by how they were playing uh, on a lot of those nights. I think, uh, there was sort of a, a, an underlying part of their game that, that seemed to show that they might be better than, than their record. Um, and I think we're just kind of seeing a little bit of that regression. And obviously this is helping with being helped by, you know, AD and LeBron playing, uh, like they are. Um, having said that, I, I do think obviously those two are, are the key to this and the fact that they have improved their games and AD is playing like the MVP that, clearly, you know, raises the floor of the team a whole lot more. Um, but as I said earlier, I think my my my, the, my optimism is just, you know, limited by the fact that I think this team still needs more good players, uh, you know, in terms of the quantity of them um, and also just certain skill sets that they don't have. Like you said, a, a big uh, wing that can, you know, defend guys like Boyan. Uh, things like that, I, I think, would really potentially vault them to a different status but right now as they currently stand i think of this team as one that can contend for a play-in or bottom of the playoff uh bracket um but by the time the season is over i think they are about as good as those those type of teams um granted that is still very much reliant on lebron and ad performing like this and staying healthy which is a much bigger if than than uh what we've kind of mentioned so far and to your point, they are two games out of the 10th spot. The Mavericks are, have that 10th spot, the final play-in spot. But they are three games out of 6th, which is right above the play-in tournament. Um, the, t- <laughs> the Lakers, no rest for the weary after this six-game road trip. First game back is Tuesday against Boston. Uh, it is a three-game week uh, between now and the next time we talk. Versus Boston, versus Denver, versus Washington. Uh, we'll obviously pod after that Washington game next week. Next time we talk, uh, will what will the Lakers' record have been this week? Um, I think that Wizards win. Wizards game should be a win. Um, they, they're dealing with their own injuries. I don't know if Bradley Beal is going to be back by then. I don't think so. Um, and I think you know the Lakers are should be a better team than team than them. Uh, you know, 
injuries aside and all that. Uh, the Denver and Boston games, I'll, I'll, I'm very curious about that. I think this is a team that will really get up for that Boston game. Yeah. Um, and I kind of expect that to be competitive. Boston has obviously been very, very good this year. Uh, they're one of the title favorites, probably at least out east. Um, so I'm I'm really curious about how they how they compete in that game. Uh, it'll be tough. They got a couple of uh, big wings in Tatum and Jalen Brown that uh, both one they love playing against the Lakers and two are just very capable of, of torching anybody. Um, so how they defend those guys will be interesting, and then how AD kind of attacks uh, Boston down low will be interesting. It sounds like Robert Williams isn't playing against the Clippers the night before the Lakers game. I think um, so. We'll see if he'll be back for the Lakers game. I don't think. Who knows? Um, and then Denver again. Uh, Lakers have beat them already this year once, but obviously a very good team. Uh, AD and Jokic battles, I think, is like one of my favorite things to, to watch since AD has, has come to the Lakers. Those games are always a lot of fun. Um, so I'll say they will split those two games. They'll win one of those two. I don't know which one. Uh, we'll say Boston just because that would be more appealing to me. Um, so we'll say two and one for the week. I'm not a coward. I'm picking three and oh. Uh, I, uh, that Boston game is going to be fun. Boston, obviously. You just said on the second night of a back-to-back in that one, the L.A. Uh, back-to-back. Hopefully, L.A. Nightlife can do its trick as well in that one. Uh, I don't know how much power it has on a back-to-back, though. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the Denver game is going to be interesting. That is a Denver team that looks much healthier and much better now. Um, and then Washington. I said we weren't going to talk about trade rumors. I This Kyle Kuzma rumor... <laughs> is just fascinating because it, it Eric Pincus wrote in Bleacher Report on Saturday that the Lakers were a team to monitor. He didn't really report anything, so I didn't write about it. Where would you stand on trading back for Kyle Kuzma? Uh, I don't know. I think it's really funny because, uh, I mean, I, I was always a Kuzma fan, especially like his last year or so with the Lakers. I thought he, he kind of grew into that role player uh, mold that they wanted him uh, in in that last year really well. I thought, you know, his shooting had improved. His, his defensive game especially had, had improved a ton from his rookie year. Um, so I, I would take him back. I think he's definitely a guy that they could use. Um, he gives them some of the things that they're they're missing. His three point shooting has been down this year, but I would expect that to come back to at least like a you know a, a NBA average or so, um, and then you know a bigger guy on the wings. But the interesting part of all this is that Kuzma just did an interview, I think, with the Athletic, where he's like, "Oh yeah, I mean, like kind of getting out of LA was good for me because you know LeBron and AD play my position, which is not the position that the Lakers would want him to play." Uh, and, you know, I want the ball in my hands and I can be like the scorer or whatever. And to his credit, he's doing really well with Washington in that role. And right he's averaging, uh, I think, over 20 points a game. But if the Lakers bring him back, that's not going to be the role that they'd want him in. So I don't know. It's, it's a very interesting uh, dilemma, I suppose. Also, the fact that uh, <laughs> if they traded for a strong pick for him, that would be like 
using three different first round picks on Kuzma in a way. Like they, they drafted him with one, traded him away with a pick for Russ, and then they would trade another one to get him back. I think that would be really funny. See that part I was specifically trying not to think about because <laughs> I knew when they when he was mentioning trading picks for him that this was gonna be a lot of draft picks that we traded <laughs> attached to Kyle Kuzma in some form or another. As you said, and as Kuzma said, uh, last season, according to Cleaning the Glass, 91% of his minutes came at the power forward position and none of them at small forward. Hmm. This season, 84% at power forward, 14% at small forward. I mean, and just look back to the his last season in L.A., 52% of them were at the small forward position. Small forward is obviously what the Lakers would want him to play. Um it would be a little bit of a different dynamic because AD is just an outright center at this point. Like he's yeah. embraced that. I, it's so fascinating to think about. I don't know. I, I think it would take multiple draft picks if you're trading Russ. I'm not sure even on the cost of it. And also probably more importantly, as you said, he's entering free agency and he just said he was he liked being out of LeBron and AD yeah. shadow. So like it would seem pretty clearly that it would be a rental, uh, which would probably drastically change what you're willing to give up. But nonetheless, it is a hilarious, wild situation that's arisen. Just the possibility of Kuzma coming back is I mean, I loved Kuzma like you uh, like you did. I have rooted for him in Washington. I would love for him to come back, like just as a fan, but also, but I mean, being aware of the situation and the fact that we're probably not going to keep him in the cost, all that. He probably isn't coming back. He is about the only three and D wing type of guy that when I said that earlier, I forgot about Kuzma. He's about the only one the Lakers have been, even kind of tangentially linked to outside of like Gordon Hayward, who is barely on the court enough to be considered anything. Um, So I don't know. It depends on how much they want a wing versus how much they want just to get rid of some of the guards. I it's glad I'm not in the Lakers shoes because it's a weird, uh, weird, interesting dynamic they have right now. My, my, Last point on Kuzma would be that even if it feels like a rental because of what he said and the fact that he's a free agent, that I think that is a bet that you would make. Yeah. That if he comes back to LA, that that I don't, I don't know if he'd want to go back to to leave again. That <laughs> makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah, that I think uh, he 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 enjoys the 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 LA spotlight. I believe he. Uh, I wish I would have had his quote about. Um, when he said he was drafted to the Lakers, he said there would be no Kyle Kuzma. I'd rather be talked about bad in L.A. than be talked about good in Orlando. <laughs> and basically saying there would be no Kyle Kuzma if he was in Orlando. I mean, loves L.A. So, that, like. That, that is like the tagline to Lakers exceptionalism. I love it. <laughs> that, is, that is what fuels us for these awful <laughs> trade machine screenshots is guys wanting to be bad in L.A. versus good in Orlando. Yeah, we'll just watermark that on every ESPN trade machine (laughs) screenshot on Twitter. Exactly. (laughs) That'll do it for us this week. We will be back, as I said, next week to talk 
following the Wizards game. Uh, we will have coverage throughout the week, though, for you guys on the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. So be sure you're subscribed. As always, though, thank you guys for listening. And for Hani, this is Jacob signing off. Have a great one, everybody. Peace.